This is your host, Rachel Franklin with Already Dead, a sexual assault discussion podcast. A quick PSA, as I just mentioned, we will be discussing topics surrounding sexual assault, so if you feel like you need a break at any time from listening, please take one. This is a space for healing, for learning, and for creating community. He didn't make me feel like I wanted to die, he just made me feel like I was already dead. We are back with Nolana Rianne Gillespie on Already Dead. So excited to have her back. Um, For those of you that maybe didn't listen to the first episode I put out with her, I definitely recommend you do. But Nolana is a childhood sexual abuse survivor, the author of the autobiography Survivor, which I also recommend you go check out. We're going to start this conversation off strong. We're going to start it off with talking about a little bit about the community of survivors i mean like it's a, it's not a good thing that like it is a community but like right. us having like that big community like it's so nice because we can all kind of like help each other within our own problems like we talk about it openly like mm-hmm. we're able to like kind of look at it from everyone's different point of view and it's really therapeutic sometimes like yes. we don't even have to talk about like what happened to us but like we can express the way we feel and it like helps us dig more into our emotions and like come together and figure out like how are we going to make a change like what are we going to do that's going to finally like let our voices be heard because so many people think that like us posting about it is like us looking for attention I'm like you have to post about things in order to raise awareness like if you don't talk about it you're not doing anything so I have to tell people I was like there's a difference between posting for attention and posting for awareness and a lot of people don't understand the difference between those two but I feel like the people in the community like really understand and see the difference. So when I post something about it and I see all my comments and I get that one person who's like, Oh, you're posting this for attention. This didn't really happen. And then everyone else is like understanding the meaning. It's like, it makes the bad parts of it good. Mm-hmm. It's really special to have those comments and like have that yeah, community. Definitely. Like, yeah. The one thing I've definitely like even just starting this podcast like it's been such a healing experience just to be able to talk to people like you were saying and yeah it's also another thing like you said earlier it's like you have to walk in someone's shoes to understand what what happened like to understand the feeling with it and um no one understands sexual assault unless you've been through it yeah exactly and the it's it's a very bittersweet feeling to have that community because obviously you don't want anyone else to go through that but it is nice to have that support. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly how it is. Let's go back to your your high school. I, I remember you had mentioned you took like a business law class. Yes. And I thought it was a very interesting point to include in your book. And I I was very intrigued by that part. Would you like to expand on that? So... This is like when I tell people the reason I put that in my book, it's, it's a little bit like mind blowing. Um, so I was looking at classes to take in high school um, and it was me and my dad and my uh, other sister. Um, we were all just there talking to my counselor and she gave us a list of classes that she think I would be interested in and business law was one of them. And my father literally was the first one to pipe up and was just like, I think that's a beautiful class you should take. Like it'll teach you so much about the law. And in my head, when he said that, all I could think about was, well, what if it teaches me about like 
the sexual abuse laws. Like there's so many in Indiana that, you know, that could help me out with maybe getting my justice. So because of his advice, like I took that class and um, I had the teacher, her name's uh, Mrs. Nolan and I love her. Like she literally was like my saving grace. Um, She, one of, within like the first few months we started talking about those and like I was taking excessive amount of notes and everything. Um, But that was the year that I actually came out about my abuse, like uh, during the second semester. And I literally went up to her and I was like asking her without telling her like that I was going through it. And she was like giving me so much like help and like giving me so many uh, things. And um, it was really nice to kind of have that because like without knowing she was like helping save my life in a sense. And I remember um, in December, right before, um, spring, I mean, right before winter break, I ended up deciding that I was going to do homeschool because everything was just really hectic. Um, so I wrote her this letter and in the letter, I told her that, like, I told her about everything about how I was going through all of like the, um, abuse and everything in the trial. And I told her like in that letter that like, she unintentionally like saved my life. And, it's just so crazy to think about because I was like, when I think about that class and the impact it really had on my story, it's all started because my father told me I should take that class and it was like full circle. And I was like, that's just so crazy how it works sometimes. That's beautiful. And that is so ironic. That yeah. That started that way, but I'm glad it did. Yeah. Wow. Um, Another point in your schooling it was like you you mentioned how you got pulled into the counselor's office and my my instant thought was like oh like this is this is where like this can be a big turning point what was that yeah experience so um with the counselor's office um it was actually something like completely so um yeah I was like struggling a lot during that time and it was mainly because of the abuse and my friends knew about the abuse but they also this was the time that I started to heavily get into like self-harm and everything um and so sorry um so I started getting into like self-harm at this point in time and uh my friends found out about it and so they went to the counselor and the counselor had called me down the first time and I and I told her I was like no like nothing happened and she didn't believe me, but she still sent me on the way because I was being stubborn. And I was like, no, no, like nothing, there's, there's nothing to be worried about. And then at lunch that day, like I started like sobbing and I was just like, I was just like, I need, I need help. Like, like everything with my father, like it's, it's genuinely going to kill me. Like, um, so my friend and I went down to the counselor's office after I had been called down again. Um, and she was just like, she was like, this is your opportunity to just be open and honest with me. And so I was, and I remember sitting there and I was sobbing and I was like, please do not call my parents. And she was like, by the law, I have to call your mother. And I was like, no. And so I had to sit in the office and like, listen to her on the phone with my mom. And then she gave me the phone. And then I remember like going home that night. And my, fa- and my mom had told my father about it. And my father was just like, you're doing this for attention, blah, blah, blah. And like, I remember it like sickening me because he knew intentionally like why I was doing it and like what was causing me to do it. And he was just like, 
trying to send me more into a spiral to keep me silent and it was like really traumatizing yeah oh my god and then like your counselor did your counselor not ask you any questions about like what was going on no um not literally not at all she literally was just like okay well then i'm just gonna have to call your mom and like (laughs) you're just gonna have to start therapy and everything and i was like what i was like you are not even like classified like i was like yeah but they're the the counselors there like at the school that i went to like they cared but like they didn't care enough like they just kind of wanted to do their job and go on with their day but they didn't really care about the reasoning as to why yeah yeah it was something (laughs) i like just god it it bugs me so much i i you are like went to this counselor and like obviously it was a very difficult decision for you to do because you originally didn't want to tell them um yeah and then to have like just completely ignore the fact that like oh yeah like this is a thing and um not ask any further questions like what's going on and why why are you feeling this way like yeah it's just like so many so many people failed you like it was not okay which is why I'm also like I'm so like I'm so like that person I'm just like if you need like I so many people message me and they're just like they tell me about things and I was like I will be there with you, like holding your hand if you need to tell someone, like, or I'll be that person you can talk to, and I will personally like reach out to someone and get you the help you need. Like, I don't want anyone to like be failed by you, like, because mm-hmm. I understand that pain. I'm just like, I don't want anyone to like feel like that, and like I have to remind myself of that sometimes because like I still struggle heavily with like the dark side of like all my mental illnesses and mm-hmm. like carrying on. Sometimes it's very hard, and my boyfriend is always just like he's like. I'm there for you. Like I will, like I lived closer to his mom than I did to him sometimes. And there were some times where like, I was in a really dark hole and he was like, I will call my mom and she will be right there. Like, don't hesitate. Like he was just like, if you need her, like I will have that. And it's like refreshing because after being like heard, but like not like cared for so often, Mm -hmm. it was like such a change. And it made me realize that like, all we need is one person to make a difference. Yes. It's really just, putting in effort and and this is like this is like just a huge thing in any relationship at all like just put in a little bit of effort and it goes a long way really yeah like like you said with that teacher like unintentionally saving someone's life that that can happen like all the time without you knowing it exactly yeah just put in a little bit of effort and it goes a long way um yeah going on from that uh I there was one part in your book that talked about like your relationship with um spirituality and how you felt very connected to the universe do you mind sharing a little bit about that yeah so um as like a child like I struggled with like my whole family grew up in like Christianity like my grandma was very like into church like every Sunday she tried to get me to go she would send me to like church camp and as much as like I wanted to everything that was like happening to me, like I felt like I was just being like thrown away by like the way it made me feel is like, it was like God was just turning like a blind eye on me and that I wasn't like good enough. And I was just like, my purpose on life was just to be like destroyed and used. Um, 
And so I kind of had to get over that. But like going through everything that I was going through, I felt like this strange connection to like the universe. And like, I try so hard to like explain it to some people. But sometimes I can't. But like, I if I was having a bad day, I would just go outside. I would lay underneath like the stars and everything. And I would just start counting or like trying to find all of the different shapes in the stars, like trying to find um, anything, like trying to find something that had meaning and hope. And my big thing is like finding the small dipper and like the little dipper and the big dipper. Like for some reason, like anytime there's stars out, like even if I'm in my car, I will hang my car, my head outside of the car and I will try finding it because I feel like for me, the little dipper and the big dipper, um, it's going to sound so weird, but like, I always saw the little dipper as like me and the big dipper as like my eldest sister, like who helped me navigate through everything. Um, and the stars and like the universe and everything became such like a big thing to me that like, it just, I felt so connected. Like I became so obsessed with like the planets. I became so obsessed with like just all of that in general. And every time I saw a shooting star, like I nearly died inside. Like it was just something so exciting to me. And I felt like, it was something much bigger than what I could like ever explain. Like it just brought me comfort and peace in some ways, like the way that the littlest stars have like the biggest meanings, like, and that stars are really just, you know, endlessly like on fire, like just burning, but they don't ever give up. They always come back for another night. They're always there, like ready to shine through some clouds, even through like the hardest times. They're always there and they're, always in place but like not necessarily in the same place so like as hard as and confusing as it is to like explain like it meant something to me and like even now like the universe is still a really big thing to me as I still navigate my way through like God and everything which my relationship has like grown of it especially with like the help of my boyfriend and like he made me kind of find light and hope and everything and like made me realize that I just had to step away from my past and enter like the present and try to like find myself again in my own ways without people kind of like throwing it down on me like telling me this is how it has to be this is how it has to be so Mm -hmm. it's just like all like a big thing but like the stars like anytime I have a bad day like my boyfriend will just take me on a drive so I can just go look at the stars um or sometimes she'll just be like do you want to just go lay underneath the stars like absolutely like that's like my kind of like therapy is just like looking at them and like understanding the deeper meaning and that's so special like you said you don't want people to force things on you but it's important to like find your own journey and whether like you believe in like god or nothing or the universe or spirituality like um it's like your journey to find and like the sky is like one constant and like everything like the universe around you is like a constant and it it can be very it's a very powerful thing for a lot of people to just like look up and see like I I my favorite thing to do is like go to the like a lookout spot and see Mm -hmm. like look out at everything around me and I'm like okay like there's a big world out there like it doesn't have to always be this one little tiny detail in my life this one exactly yeah makes me feel like there's more looking around like just it's a it's a very powerful thing especially with um especially with looking like at the stars and stuff going on from that I have 
few more things to touch on I wanted to ask about um and going off like your mental health journey and everything with that you one thing I really thought was a big point when reading your book was uh about your 18th birthday and how that impacted you yeah so on my 18th birthday um I decided that obviously everyone at 18 is like yeah you can finally get tattoos and like that was such like a big thing to me um but the idea with my 18th birthday is that like I saw my 18th birthday as finally like being able to escape um and I remember on my 18th birthday my mother told me she was like well you don't plan on leaving do you and at that point I didn't have anywhere to go because I hadn't like talked to my sister about like the potential like the option of me moving in with her in New York um so I was kind of like just working um and just trying to save my money to see if, it, if I could just get an apartment um thinking about like moving down here to Georgia uh to, but I didn't do that uh and then I um had that conversation with my sister um and I was just like what is the possibility of me being able to move in because at that time like we're all just going through things but she still um, let me. So that May, I decided to move. But um, I remember on my 18th birthday, I went and got a tattoo for my grandmother who had passed away. And then I, afterwards, I sat in my car for like two hours just sitting there, just like trying to figure out like how I can get out of the situation that I'm in because now it was legal. Um, I had tried so hard to like get out of my mother's custody beforehand, but obviously I didn't get anywhere. So I finally was like, I'm 18, I can do it. Um, and I remember just sitting there for like two hours, just like praying and hoping that something would come to me. And then it was like three weeks later that my sister gave me the okay to move with her. And I felt like it was all just a really good, like special timing because I was like, I didn't want to stay where I was for too long. And I was like, 18 is finally the time to go. But I was, so scared because I'd never been on my own before and right. I was like trying so hard to figure out what the best way to approach it would be and I'm thankful every day that my sister gave me the opportunity to like go with her yeah that's 18 is like a big thing for a lot of people like you said for different reasons but especially in like when you're you feel unsafe in your household it's like yeah it's a moment of like okay now I can now I can start my life yeah exactly what obviously like it's been a year or multiple years since anything has happened with um like court and stuff like that um but now like it's not always like oh now everything's butterflies and rainbows like how do you how do you still deal with everything today? Um, so it's actually ever since like trial, I've been like still having to kind of like deal with it. Um, mainly because it was like six months after trial that they tried to do a, a hearing to see if my father could like potentially get out early. Oh, wow. um, and then it's been like consistent, like every six months, like I'm constantly having to write another letter. Um, Cause they're constantly having hearings to see if he can get, um, get out early. Um, and so I'm constantly just having to 
go back in and like relive everything and write that letter as to why I don't think that he should. Um, and then there's sometimes where they invite me to go to the trial and there's, I mean, to the hearing and they're just like, you can come in and like say what you want to. And I'm just like, I don't, I don't think that's a, I don't yeah. think that's a good idea, but um, it just definitely like wears, it, it wears me down. Like a lot of people are just like, Oh, just like resend the same letters. And I'm just like, I want them to get the idea that I don't think he's a good fit for society because apparently since going into a prison, he's like gotten into like his spirit, like he's started to like believe in God and all of these things. And I truly believe that for most people, but the way my father was, is like, I genuinely feel like he's doing it as a way to get out mm-hmm. early because he was so like, he's the type of person he is like, I, can't bring myself to believe that he's truly like changing for the better i just feel like he knows the way around the system like even before he went into jail like he talked about people who he knew in like prison and that they knew like the ways around it so in my head i'm just like it's another one of his tactics just trying to get out early and it really like brings me down a lot like um every time that i have to sit down and write one of these letters because it's like what if like it doesn't work so I have to really go in deep kind of like relive my trauma a little bit and give them the explanation as to like why he's not a good fit for society and every time I make like my boyfriend or my sister read it before I send it in because I'm just like I can't go through and reread it after like I've typed it because right. it's like if I reread it it's gonna like it's gonna haunt me and like mm-hmm. make me spiral spiral because when I reread it it makes me realize that like that's like one of my parents that I'm doing it too. And I hate that mindset. Like I was stuck in that mindset for so long that like, Oh, this is your parent and look at what like you're doing to them. And so it's so hard to like detach that. So I just, I write it down and I'm just like someone else, please read it before I send it because I don't want to put myself in that mindset because it's not a good mindset to be in. And I don't even know why I developed it, but Um, it happened. (laughs) I mean, I I can think of a few reasons. Like, this is, that's so dramatic, and especially to have to relive something like that over and over again, like, yeah, no one was gonna want to do that, like, it, it, it like, slowly kills you, <laughs> like, it, it's, yeah. it's not fun to, to go back and have to look at that, and, like, yeah, I, I would, if I were, I would stick to my letters, like, I would not be going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm just like no i'd rather not like trial was good enough yeah even that like it was it was traumatic enough the first time you know like yeah like (laughs) oh my god that's so frustrating too oh my god um and what you were saying about like he found god like um that's like there's definitely like that's such a common like tactic to clear yourself and like try to try to act like you're a better person but yeah like that's something I've been struggling with a lot recently like just looking at like my past abusive relationships and like um like they like oh like I believe in God and like there's like these these godly people and I'm like look at look at yourself in the mirror right now please exactly like I have an ex-boyfriend of mine that the one that I was in Mm -hmm. during the whole abuse thing and he like at the beginning of it like within a month um he like 
I remember we had an argument because my dad didn't want him to come over. And I was like, sorry, my like my father said you can't come over. Like, I'm, I'm not going to push my father to make you come over like that. I'm, I'm not doing that. So mm-hmm. he got so upset and he like took my worst fear because my worst fear is like someone that I love, like killing themselves. And he literally told me he was like, I'm going to go kill myself. And then he turned his phone off for the entire day. And he texted me the next day and he was like, sorry, my phone died. And I was like, (laughs) you literally knew what you were doing, first of all. And I was like, red flag right there. But I was 14 and like my father had like, ever since I started dating this dude, like my father had like slowly backed off. So I was like, you know what? I can see past the red flag right now. Um, Yeah. Yeah, But literally within that relationship there was this time it was literally on prom night too but it was my sister's prom like we were sophomores so we couldn't go yet and we were sitting in a like our game room like my game room at my house and he just started pressuring me for sex and I was just like hold on buddy I was like you know my trauma like you know that I'm not into all that stuff like I don't want anything to do with it unless like I'm I wasn't necessarily like saying I'm waiting till marriage, but I wanted to wait until I was with the person that I was going to marry. Like mm-hmm. I was just like, nobody like that's not it. And I said no, like 7 million times. And he still like, he still did it. And I was just like, it made me realize that like some people will, will, will really just like use your like weakness as their advantage. And it's like, he knew that he was, he knew like all about my past, my father and everything. He knew all of my like scary, like things mm-hmm. like with the people that I don't want to like hurt themselves. And he brought those to life again. And like, just made me relive it again. And I was like, it's like, yeah. it created such like a big thing for me where like, I was just like, I don't know like if I meant to be loved or meant to like have a relationship because I felt like I was just someone's toy for, my life have you gotten out of that mindset like how do how do you get out of that mindset um it took me like a really long time to get out of that mindset like once we broke it off and everything like I didn't want to be in another relationship I didn't like the idea of like feeling like I was just going to be used and everything and then I met my current boyfriend who I met back in 2019 when I uh was visiting in Georgia with McKenna the friend that like helped mm-hmm. me in sixth grade and everything and she introduced us because they were friends from high school oh, wow. so it was like a full circle moment again oh. like um and we started talking the beginning of last year um when I got like my COVID shot he split up on my story and was like hey what shot did you get and we just started talking about that and then just <laughs> became friends again which it's so funny I was just like oh yeah we can't we can like we were good friends like and when we first met like we were talking on and on and then we just stopped and then we just started talking because of the COVID shot, but he didn't make me feel like I was like a toy or like an object. He like saw me as like the person that I was. He saw me during my like worst period of time and still thought that I was like this funny, like person that like had good music interests because that's what we really talked about the first time. Um, And we just started talking and talking and like, it never was anything that like I never got the sense of like oh he's gonna he wants to do something with me like oh like he sees me as my body like this and that like he only ever saw me for my personality and still a year and a half later like that's all he sees me for it's like he sees me as the personality he sees me as everything that I am and yeah something that was big for me with relationships is I wanted to be accepted in a family like I didn't want to be 
I didn't want to be hated by family. Like I've gone through that enough with my Mm -hmm. own and with my first ex, like his family hated me and I don't know why. Um, So I was just like, that's such a big thing. And I met his family literally once and his mom and like dad were like the sweetest things. Like his mom checks up on me sometimes. Um, I had a miscarriage earlier this year and she literally like, yeah, she sat down with me and like, she let me talk through it with her. And like, I felt like, that was such a special moment for me because I've never had like a mom figure like that before. Mm-hmm. And it was like in that moment that I was like, I finally have like my family and like my boyfriend like calls me like when he talks about like his family to me, he, uh, he was like, yeah, you're their future in-law and like their future daughter-in-law and like their, their future mom-in-law, like all of these things. So I'm just like, it makes me feel like, it was so helpful for me to be able to get out of that mindset. Like made me realize that like, I'm more than just this, like I'm a part of a family. Mm -hmm. So that was really helpful. It's like surround yourself with people that lift you up. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's beautiful. Um, that's really beautiful. I've definitely had my struggles with that, that mindset as well. Um, and it's it's like you were saying with earlier, it's like just a little bit of uh, effort, a little bit of compassion goes a long way. And yeah. having that, that support is just, it's beautiful. I'm really glad you have that now. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, <Took> so long. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hopefully, like, I, I wish that for everyone, but uh, that's yeah, really special. Yeah, um, Looking back at that that one relationship you were talking about, um, that the coercion. I just really want to touch on coercion real quick. Um, pressuring someone into sex is not okay. Yeah, no, and like the way like I've seen so many TikToks and like videos about it in general, but like people are like, oh, it's not rape if like you end up saying yes. And I was like, in my situation, I literally was having an argument with him for like 10 minutes. He was like, please. And I was like, no, like I kept saying no. And then it got to the point where I was like, at this point, like he's not leaving until he gets it. And so I literally just had to cave in and I said, fine. And a lot of people were like, oh, well, then that's not rape. And I was like, but I said no so many times. But the only reason I said fine is because he wasn't going to leave and I knew that he was going to take it anyways. Like Mm -hmm. it was one of those situations where like, you just knew what was going to happen. And I was 14. I was like, I like, that shouldn't even be like on a 14 year old's mind really. Like at least in my situation, I was like, that wasn't in my mind. Like I wanted nothing to do with any of that stuff. And it was just forced upon me. And I was just like, a lot of people will have that argument would be like, Oh, well you eventually said yes. And I was like, but you have to take into consideration all of the no's that I said, like one yes does not take away all of the no's. Yeah, no, not at all. And it's like, if it's not an enthusiastic, yes, it's a fuck. It's a fucking no. Exactly. And the ab and another thing, like the absence of yes is not a no. Like just, just it's only an enthusiastic. Yes. If you're pressuring someone into doing something or, um, like it, and especially with what you just said, like I had, I had something similar happen and it was like, you, you already know what's about to happen. Like, it's like, you're trying to 
basically minimize what's about to happen to you because you already know yeah you you just really in that moment like you can't you can't blame someone for caving into something after they've been basically like pressured and pressured and made to feel like one like they're in the wrong for doing that or for saying no or making them feel bad for saying no or that um if they continue to say no that so they're the other person is going to um threaten them emotionally or physically and yeah like that that's that's a no it's not it's not consensual exactly so many people don't understand that i'm like oh my lord yeah i know it, like and that was hard for me to touch on for like a long time too because um like you do have those people that are like oh that's not that's not that's not rape and i'm like no it is it definitely is yeah um another thing that was really awesome in your book that i saw was like the statistics you had in there um regarding consent education and like sex ed and um specifically that that one really struck me it was like only eight u.s states require um sex ed to mention consent i was like yeah wow like i, I felt like it was so important to like put all the statistics in there because i was yeah. like so many people don't understand it yeah and they're shocking like shocking yeah. statistics and it's it's like what the fuck like how do, how do you not think that's like a and again i just talked about this on the last episode i had too it was like it gets so political with like oh like we don't want our kids discussing sex in like the classroom and it's like well, it doesn't have to like consent conversations don't have to be based around sex even and it's like it, it's such an important topic to cover and and yeah it's like oh well like you can you can learn at home not everyone's home life is the same yeah exactly is there anything that you like to touch on anything else that you you feel important to say um the only thing that like I feel like is important is like I want to like heavily like put on the fact that um this is more directed to like a little bit of my situation but like if like for people who go through abuse with like their family members I had so many people comment on my TikToks being like when they saw like I posted TikToks being like oh my family disowning me after like I put my father like I get my justice and people in the comments are like this is why I won't speak up about it because I don't want to lose my family losing losing that little if people can't support you through that losing them is honestly a win in your book because your your justice and your trauma is like you need to like be heard and you need to be able to grow from that you shouldn't carry the burden of not only the trauma but the constant burden of like oh like what are these people going to say about it like how is this going to affect someone else's life if I come out about it like what's going to happen to like the abuser like is it going to ruin their life like that should not be a thought in your mind you should be asking yourself like how is it going to better my life like how am I going to be able to thrive and like how am I going to finally be able to like heal a little bit because I struggled with that for so long like and it genuinely did so much damage on me and it hurts my heart knowing so many people like won't come out about it because they're afraid of losing something that they could rebuild in the future because Mm. like I said like it's just so important to put yourself first in those decisions because if you don't eventually it's going to it's going to like overwhelm you to the point where like it was killing me like I was I was barely even living at that point. I was just getting through each day, 
with the constant burden of that in my heart. I feel like it's so important that like you will find people who support you. You will find people who like will become your family, which is what I have been able to thankfully create. And it's like, it's so much better than what it would have been if I just kept quiet and just stayed with the family who didn't truly support me and who knew like what was happening. But they were so set in the, you shouldn't speak up about it mindset that they just let me suffer through my life like with it like it's so important to put yourself first in this position yes absolutely if ever there was a time to be selfish it's it's exactly and like going off of that I really like I know I know people get like stuck in their their little bubble and it's like this is your entire life This, this is like all consuming to you and it obviously makes sense that it would be um yeah but like I encourage you to do like go look at the stars go look out at the city and just realize that there's an entire world out there and there is bigger and better things for you and absolutely it won't always be this way and it's you're not going to be losing much (laughs) if you if you decide to do that yeah absolutely um and then I just I just do you mind if I read a part of your book right now? No, go for it. <laughs> I, I just like, I mean, a lot of parts gave me chills, but like the way I just like started snapping while reading this, I was like, God damn. I, it was just <laughs> total chills. Um, it was like one of the last few pages and the this, like the last line, it was just, like, it wasn't even the last line, but like this, the last line on this page, it was like, mm. um, and it was like, you, I'm going to read it. Um, I once asked myself, what are you supposed to do when the person who is supposed to protect you from the harm in the world is the one causing you the harm? You fight like hell. You let your voice echo through the world. You stand in front of them and you silence them. You put them on blast in front of a broken system and you fight like hell to get the justice you deserve. You don't let your weakness show. You stop becoming a victim and you show them you're a survivor. You strip away their name and replace it with their inmate number. I started <laughs> snapping so hard that, that's literally like uh everyone who has read my book like I was with my boyfriend when he was reading it and like he read that last line and he literally just started applauding he was just like that is it and I was like yeah I was mm-hmm. like that I went I was just like that was my favorite part of that book oh <laughs> that my god was, like powerful <laughs> yeah oh my god that's so powerful I like I just got chills reading it again I was like oh yeah, it, that was that was quite the line. I fucking love yeah. that line. Um, <laughs> and as you should, I, I was just like, hell yeah, that's exactly that's exactly what the fuck you should do. I, I was like, I wanted to like the last few pages to just like have so much power. Like yes. I was just like, I wanted people to like feel like in their soul. Like I wanted them to finish that book and be like, you know what, I could do this too. That was like my whole thing. And like I wrote that like little letter to my father at the last page. I was like, yeah, that is just it's like the last chapter is just like a big fuck you to any abusers yes absolutely and it's it's so powerful at the end too i i just like total chills it it's so empowering like and i know at the beginning of your book like you wrote like a little like uh intro and it was like like basically encouraging people to to speak out and it was like this this is something that makes you want to like just i don't even know just go do something like anything yeah to help anyone in the situation yourself or other people like it it's so powerful and yeah I really just like commend you on the 
the way that you portrayed so much emotion because obviously like any any time you can tell a story like this it's gonna be very emotional but um just like the way that you told it without it I felt it was very inclusive for a lot of people um and it's obviously still your story and you should be able to tell it like your way but just the way that you the way that you showed it without it was so emotional and impactful without being like graphic and um if that makes sense and like obviously that's your part to share too but um yeah I felt like it was very it was easy to read for someone that needed to read it yeah and I kind of like the idea of it I wanted people who even haven't gone through it like before like so many of my friends and family like wanted to read it just because like I wrote it and I was like I wanted to make sure that people who read it and haven't gone through it still understand what it's like for us to like I wanted them to kind of like take a walk in our shoes and realize that like they too can do something about it. Like they too Mm -hmm. can like make a difference, even if they haven't gone through it. Like it doesn't take someone who's gone through it to make a difference. Like you can still advocate and try to stop it and to be a voice for someone who isn't like my whole idea behind the book was to be a voice for the voiceless, like just give people their voice back and make them realize that like it's okay to come out and it's okay to share your story um even if the world throws so many things at you even if people constantly like are stomping on you like right. there's going to be like a better ending for you um in the end where can we find your book where can anyone else I already have it but where can anyone else find your book um <laughs> if they're looking um, for it I know if you look up um, Survivor and just put my first name, Nalana, it'll pop up, but it's on blurb.com. I'm kind of working right now to try to get it through Amazon, um, but it's also, I think, available on Apple iBooks. Okay, perfect. Yes, I have it on Apple iBooks. Yeah. Okay, perfect. And so for anyone else listening, go read her book. And it's, like I said, it's very, it's it's easy to read for someone that needs to read it. And it's, but it's still very impactful and important. It's not, it's not like too heavy to read if you are concerned about that, but it's still very impactful at the same time. It was very well done. Alrighty, everyone. This is your host, Rachel Franklin. Thank you for listening to this episode of Already Dad, a sexual assault discussion podcast. I hope you were able to take away something positive from our conversation today. Wishing you all the best. See you next time with another episode of Already Dead.